Welcome to Engineering Stories, a podcast presented and produced by Silver Fox and the Institution of Engineering and Technology. This week's guest is Dan Floyd, Principal Engineer at Cundall. Dan has worked really hard to get where he is today and shares an important message that persistence is key to achieving your goals and getting through difficult times. Dan is a keen runner and uses his love for running to take time away from work, focus on something else and reduce stress. So without further ado, let's get to it. Welcome to Engineering Stories. My name's Alex. I am the Head of Research and Development here at Silver Fox. And with me today is Nicoletta Catalina, our new host. Hello. Uh, Yes, my name is Nicoletta and I am a second year student on electrical and electronic engineering at Greenwich University. And I am also the chair of IET on campus and the president of Engineering Society. Brilliant. And alongside us today, we have Dan Floyd. Yep. Hi all. Uh, My name's Dan Floyd. I'm a principal electrical engineer at Kundal. I'm a chartered engineer. I've been in the industry for, for nearly 10 years. Brilliant. Right, let's let's crack on with the questions. Do you want to start by telling us more about your role at Kundal? I can, yeah. Um, so my role at Kundal um, involves designing the electrical systems for large construction sites um, all across the country. It's not just in Birmingham. Whilst I'm based in the Birmingham office, it can involve the design of buildings right from um, Cornwall and Bournemouth right the way up to Glasgow in Scotland and sometimes that can also involve uh, overseas. It's a mixture of different buildings um, right from schools all the way to residential buildings and any and anywhere in between including industrial sheds. Brilliant. So what what's the coolest building you've worked on then? Um, the, the two coolest buildings I've worked on would be Battersea Power Station in central London which is the most recent project that I've been I've been working on, but also Grand Central Station in Birmingham. Brilliant. Grand Central. Is that the one that looks like mirrors? That's the one. Yep. So it's in. Yeah, it's quite. It's. I'm assuming you didn't design the 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 physical building itself because it is quite a quite a. I don't know. I don't know what the word is without being rude, but it's quite in your face. It is. Yeah. No, we was involved in the electrical. Um, the electrical side of stuff inside the bit that i was involved in um, the most was the lighting so i don't know if you've been into grand central station uh, you go up the escalators into the food court area and just above where the burrito places and all the other food areas there's some architectural style lighting which i was the, the core main element of design at the, at the time so so that's plenty. that's cool I, I have been to grand central station um, i was there not that long ago actually um, but I didn't go to the food court, so I didn't see your lights. Um, but it's cool. It is cool, definitely, seeing um, stuff you've worked on in, in practice. I know when I was looking for my for my placement, um, I knew I wanted to do something where at the end of it, I could say, look what I did. Here it is. Yeah, that's one of the main things that I quite like about engineering. Engineering, you... you whether it's design or uh, actually on the on the shop floor, you actually get to see the finished product. The the bit that I do, which is design, yeah. so we we go through the design, but then we also support contractors in the build phase. So we, we do get to see the stuff that we're we're doing regularly. So I do regularly get to go to site and have a look at all these different buildings. I've been overseas and various other places to have a look at buildings that I've I specifically worked on. So that, that is quite interesting. And just just to see your work actually in the in the real environment can be quite interesting and 
it certainly keeps you motivated from it's pretty cool it's, it's, it's yeah it's pretty cool to to just be like that's that's what i did there you go when someone asks you oh what do you do i did that <laughs> over there so dan if you don't mind me asking when is the first time you considered to be an engineer like when did you know this is what you wanted to pursue this is what you wanted to do it's quite a difficult one really when i first left school uh, i didn't really know what to do uh, i hadn't really decided fully so uh, i started to work so i left school and i started to work for my granddad as an electrician at the time of working for my granddad as an electrician he was talking to me about engineering and what he did as a, a electrical airframe technician in the ref and that that sort of gave me the the motivation to go off to to college um, i left school with no gcses so that's that's the key thing so i left school with no gcses and then i went off to college um, off, off the back of my granddad talking to me and when I was at college a lot of my lecturers were talking to me about the design side of things and uh, sort of technical drawing and that's when I really started to understand what engineering was and, and my passion for, for engineering grew from there really as I went through college. If it wasn't engineering what else would you do now? Is there anything else as a second plan, as a plan B? There was, yeah. So when I was at school, and one of the main reasons that I, I didn't do very well with my GCSEs, I was really interested in lighting and sound and live event technology. So that that involved, at the time, I was 16, 17, and I was going around the country doing lighting and sound for live events. And that was something that I always that's looked cool. at wanting to do. So if I hadn't gone into engineering, I think that's that's the path I'd have perhaps took. I, I dabbled in that at uni, actually. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Backstage Technical Services in Bath. You mentioned you dropped out of school, or not dropped out of school, but left school without any GCSEs. Do you think that that's affected your your progression? No, so I've mentioned I, I didn't do very well with my GCSEs. I, I had one GC, sorry, two GCSEs. One was Design Technology and one was IT. And then the rest were, were fails, basically. Um, and, and that's because I was preoccupied doing doing other things. I wasn't really interested in school. But going to work for my granddad and starting the, the line of engineering, I went back to college and I realised that if I really wanted to do engineering, which is something that I, I really enjoyed, and the more the, the, the longer I was at college, the more I was, in, I was enjoying it. So that made me work a little bit harder. So at that point, I did start to mm. retake all of my qualifications. So I went back and did maths. Uh, English and I did science at college as well as doing the engineering um, so I went on so I passed the level two city and guilds to begin with in electrical installations and then I moved on to a BTEC national diploma which is equivalent of an A-level and then it was at that point that the lecturers were talking to me about potentially going on to university but at the time I still didn't quite have the equivalent a level of maths which is what they were they were asking for obviously mm. engineering is quite a heavy maths topic um yeah so i think that's fair i think that's a fair comment. yeah so i i decided maths is is not one of my strongest subjects it's probably one of my weakest so i decided to go to night school basically in in the local library here in here in Litchfield where i live and i re i redid my maths gcse and a level just at night time after, after college just because I decided that university was some, somewhere I wanted to I wanted to go so the GCSEs weren't a boundary but I did have to work quite hard with extra qualifications after to try and get the roadmap that I chose which was to go to university 
you've mentioned your granddad um, was a was a guide for you, for your career. Did you have any other role models that that put you down this path? I did. So my granddad was probably the biggest role model that I had at the time, and and still is. My granddad helped me one first see that I wanted to go into engineering. He helped me get to college. He then helped me with all the maths in the background as well. So if I was struggling, my granddad was there to help and help guide and support. And he also helped me with the engineering side and still does to this to this day. I'll sometimes just go and speak to my granddad now if I've got engineering problems. That's been quite nice. But also my mum divorced my dad when I was very young. She was left with no career, um, no house. So she, she had to start again, basically. She had two young children, myself and my sister. She was living on her own. She had no career, no job at the time. So m- myself and my sister spent a lot of time with my nan and granddad whilst my mum was retraining. So my mum was retraining. She decided to go back to university to become a nurse. So she was doing that as well as trying to pay the rent of the, of the house. So she had, had a number of different part-time jobs. So she was working really hard. She was working all hours to try and study and to make a living. So because of that, I've seen how you can go from nothing but working really hard to get to where you want to be. As long as you've got goals, as long as you've got ambitions, you can you can get to where you want to be just by working working hard and persevering. Perseverance, it doesn't always go to plan. Sometimes you have knockbacks, sometimes sometimes things don't go the right direction. But if you just keep keep trying, keep working hard, you'll eventually get there, which is exactly what my mum's done. So that that's kind of been another really good role model, just seeing how hard my mum's worked mm. and knowing that my GCSEs and my school life wasn't particularly great, but working hard, perseverance in on on the career path that I've I've chosen, and eventually I'll get there. So, so you think perseverance is key to any any success, not just work or, I mean, I know you're I know you're an avid marathon runner. Um, for those that can't see, um, Dan's got a picture of um, him and Mo Farah behind him, but so presumably perseverance has been key to that as well. It certainly has perseverance and consistency. So perseverance, just just keep trying. With with engineering as well as with running, if it doesn't go right in one race, let's say it might go right in the next race. So you just got to keep trying, keep persevering, keep that consistency. Just keep just keep plodding away, and eventually you'll get the results that you want. And that's the same with engineering, in my view. It might not always work. You might not get the GCSEs that you require. You might not get the results you, you want at the start. But eventually, if you if you keep if you keep trying, you will get to where you want to go. Um, you said you had to retake your GCSEs and the maths A level. Um, once you got into the uni, have you ever felt discouraged or maybe a disav- uh, a, a disadvantage about because of that? So I wouldn't say discouraged or disadvantaged as such. I, I've never I've certainly never felt that. But something. I suppose because I'd worked quite hard to get to university, my first year I'd moved away from home and I think a lot of students probably feel the effects of the first year when Freshers' Week kicks in and, and stuff like that. So I'd, I'd decided, well, I'd worked I'd worked quite hard to get there. So that was my time to enjoy a bit of time. <laughs> so I did exactly that um, and I, it, it went well, but I did fail two of my modules at university. So... So again, and they were the maths modules, um, un- unfortunately. So I, I then had to, again, work really hard in my second year. The university were really nice in the fact that they let me take, retake. I, I could move into the second year, but I had to retake the modules that I'd failed in in particular um, in that in that second year, which meant that I had to work really hard. They didn't normally 
let people take two modules. They'd only normally let people do the one module if they if they did that arrangement. But they they decided to let me let me have a go. And then my second year, I did have to work again really hard. I had to do some sort of night study to really push myself in in the mathematics. I had a I had by that point I had a decent friendship group at university as well who who I who I leaned on quite a lot for the maths. And I eventually passed. And then I got through the second year with quite good grades and then on to the third year where I had, again, good grades. I suppose in a way that did, it it could have discouraged me. I could have, I could have just given up. But I, again, perseverance comes back into it. I just carried on. I did what I needed to do. And towards the end of university, I passed with a first class honours degree. I'm just asking because I can't relate to your situation because I don't have A-levels either. And I'm still at uni second year electrical and electronic engineering. So... <laughs> Yeah. I'll say just just keep going, just keep plodding away, keep working hard, and eventually you'll you'll get what you you need. So how did you end up into management? So I started my career um, as as has already been mentioned. I started off my, my engineering career. I left university and I went to Hawley. So I started off at Hawley on the graduate scheme. It was uh, initially a two-year graduate scheme where I um, where I went through a, a number of different training and and it was in an insight into the industry and then from Hawley I decided to move across to Kundal so one of my managers was working at Hawley at the time and then had moved to Kundal himself and had offered me a position down at Kundal so I took the chance to move down to Kundal and he gave me the opportunities and I do believe opportunities come from having a good manager so he gave me a lot lots of opportunities just to start managing my own workload, managing my own projects and it just moved on from there and as I've gone on through my career I've I've had more and more responsibility. I've always mm. I've always liked the idea of being a manager. I've never known whether I'll ever get there um, but I've always liked it so going through my career more and more I've taken on as I said more and more responsibility to the point now where I do manage a small team of people within the Kundal Birmingham office. It's only a small team at the moment, but it is it is building. I um, just the the electrical side, and I do manage projects on a on an everyday basis. And hopefully, uh, I've I've got aspirations now of moving on to to manage larger teams. Maybe one day go even higher into into the management ladders. Who knows? How how are you finding that that transition, or how have you found that transition to to management? It's quite difficult. You do have to, you do have to step away from the engineering to some degree. So when you become, the more you go into the management side of things, the more the engineering has to step away. So I'm not hands-on every day, which which is a difficult. It's difficult sometimes. I do. Mm. I, I am still hands-on with the engineering as well. But when when you're in that management type mode, you have to kind of disjoin yourself, which can be difficult. So it is a it is a struggle, but it's. Yeah, it's enjoyable, and it's if if management's somewhere people want to go, it's it's where you it's where you need to push yourself towards. We ask most of our guests this question, but given the availability of apprenticeships now, and you're given your time again, would you go down that route? Apprenticeships are great, and yes, I, I, to to answer the question directly, yes, I would go down that that route if that was available at the time. One thing I do find with apprenticeships is you get the on-site, the on-the-job training as well as the qualifications, which I think mm. is quite critical. The more you go through your career, the more you can see 
who's had that on on the job training to who's just had the university experience mm-hmm. so yes if apprenticeships are available I, I would certainly advise anybody out there to have to have a look at apprenticeships and to go down that route but at the same time some there is merit in going to university and getting those qualifications direct from university so I am glad I went to university I wouldn't change my path but if it was available I may have to seriously consider it something that I will will briefly mention it's not quite an apprenticeship but I did want to do a master's degree so I did a master's degree via distance learning so it was all just on the Mm -hmm. evening because I didn't want to I, I wanted to continue working continue sort of getting that engineering experience on the job as well as trying to get the master's degree. I, I could have taken two years out and gone and done a, a two-year or one-year master's degree. However, for me, I felt it was better to get the work experience as well as doing the study. But I think there's merit in both, and and, and, and it's whichever whichever path that you decide to take, I think there is definitely merit in, in both ways that, that you can do it. Um, well, based on Alex's previous question, would you consider a sandwich year where you have one year in the industry or what would be your advice for people who are considering whether to do that or not i think sandwich years are great work experience in my view is absolutely critical when i was at university i also did some work experience for a main contractor across in birmingham and for me when i come to apply for the graduate schemes i was able to put the work experience i'd done to show people i'd got experience in the industry as well as what i did with my granddad previously and that really helped set my CV aside from anybody else. Some of my friends, they didn't have any work experience. They still got jobs, so it can still be done. But I think I personally have always said, and I always like to see people who have gone above and beyond and got some experience in industry. It doesn't need to necessarily be the industry you're going to go into when you finish university, but at least have mm. an understanding of what industry is, have an understanding of that nine to five job, let's say. But I, so for me, sandwiches are, are really good just to get that work-based experience. Do, do, do Cundall offer, offer any uh, sandwich year placements or grad schemes? Cundall do. Cundall have sandwiches. They have placements throughout the summer. So if, you're, if you've just got a bit of time throughout the summer, they also take on placements throughout, throughout that time. They've also got a graduate scheme. The graduate scheme is a really good scheme at Kundal. They've just taken on a, a number of different graduates across the entire UK and I believe global practice. And and anybody who's looking at getting into engineering, I'd certainly say have a look at the Kundal website, whether that's for a placement year, a sandwich, uh, some summer work experience or the actual full grad, graduate scheme when you're ready to leave university. Go on the website and have a look. Brilliant. Well, now now you've you've told everyone about... Cundall, I'm going to ask, what's the best thing about working at Cundall? You, you can now sell it. Okay, so for me, the favourite part about working at Cundall, since I've joined Cundall, the amount of opportunities that I've had and the development, I've already mentioned how my career has developed as a result of my manager, but the, man- the, the, the one manager that I work for, all the other managers are very similar, and everybody in all the other teams, whether it's the offices, have all got very similar managers. It's one of the Cundall values and, and, and views of Cundall that you, you're all the staff are developing, go to where they want to go. So if people want to go to management, that's absolutely fine. If people want to stay as an engineer, again, that's absolutely fine. But also the opportunities, they give you the opportunities to be able to do that. So one of the one of the big things for me is I quite, quite enjoy, one, I enjoy traveling, but two, I enjoy having new experiences. So Kundal are a, 
again, I, I mentioned the opportunities, but Kundal are really good for opportunities. And they, a position came available in in an overseas office. It was just on a particular project, and they they gave me the opportunity to go out to Singapore. So I flew over to Singapore. They they put me up in 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 accommodation. They paid for the flights. And I was working in Singapore for a, for a period of time, which was again a great experience. I, I came back That's with so cool. much more experience. I was I was helping to manage the project out there. I'd learned a new culture, a new way of life. And then I came back into into the UK. I was still helping and supporting the office, but I was working from from the UK. So before pre-COVID, I was already working remotely because I was helping the Singapore office. But also, I've been to other places, so again, the opportunities. It's not just all about traveling, but some of the projects that you get to work on with Kundal is also a, a, a great outfit. So that's why I like Kundal. Brilliant. So you've been to Singapore. Where else have you been on the job? So I've been to a lot of places in the UK. So I'm one of the electrical trainers for some software that we have here at Kundal. So I've been to every single office in the UK doing the training, right from um, our Scotland offices all the way down to London. I've also been to our Polish office. I've been to Singapore, as, I, as I've mentioned. Uh, I was meant to be going out to India. However, one of my colleagues went instead. Uh, at the last minute, there was a, there was a change that so he went instead. And then, and then COVID hit, unfortunately. But I'm sure there's going to be many more opportunities to be able to to be able to go. Although something I will say is, the opportunities are there. People don't always have to take them. I've seen a number of opportunities for places such as going over to Bucharest or at offices over in the in the Middle East or even um, Australia. And opportunities arise on our internal portal. Um, I haven't necessarily taken them all, um, but the opportunities are there. Since COVID, they've, they've died off, but I know there's been talks about these opportunities um, mm. coming back up. I've had a number of colleagues that used to work in uh, sort of for me or in the, in the same team. They've moved across to different teams, so they might not have wanted to continue as an electrical engineer. They may have wanted to go into more of a specialism, whether that's specialising in lighting or whether that's specialising in security. So they've they've moved into the, into those teams to become a specialist. So there's there's well, opportunities there as well. Huge, huge scope. Silver Fox proudly supports engineers with all their cable, wire and pipe labelling requirements. The Fox in a Box thermal printer has the ability to print a whole range of thermal labels with one software, one printer and one ribbon, saving loads of time for the engineers out there in the field. For more information, contact sales at silverfox.co.uk or call on plus 44 317077. So we've mentioned some of the challenges you've you've faced so far um in in getting to where you've you've got to but are there, are there any others maybe maybe more in your career rather than getting there work-life balance that's the biggest challenge i faced in both work and and obviously in life engineering is not a nine-to-five job i've worked long hours i've started early in the morning i've as, as i mentioned supporting the Singapore office back from the UK the time difference um, meant that I had to start work fairly early in the morning but then I still found myself working till five six o'clock on the evening so I would never say to anybody that engineering is a a nine-to-five job because in my view it's not that's that's 
that being said, you, everybody still needs to find that work-life balance. So it's it's been difficult for me. That That is the most difficult thing, trying to switch off from engineering. I can be walking around Birmingham Town Centre, for instance, and I'll suddenly just switch into engineering mode. And my, my wife will suddenly just hear about all these designs that I've come up with, and then I go back into work mode. So it's just simple stuff like that. So for me, finding a coping mechanism. Obviously, you mentioned that I'm a bit of a, a bit of a runner. I, I do like to to do a bit of running occasionally. Um, that is one of the ways I find to, to to cope with a lot of the stresses that comes with engineering. I can be really stressed. I go out for a run at lunchtime. I come back, and some of the problems that I've had in the morning, I'm not as stressed, so I'm able to deal with them in a more relaxed way. It's just one way that I've found to, to focus on myself, to get away from some screen time. And it just helps me focus. Some of my best engineering decisions have come from just going out for a lunchtime or an afternoon, an after work run. I'm thinking about stuff. I've got time to myself. I've got nobody bothering me because I'm out running. And I, I, I've, my head's clear. And some of the best, best sort of innovative ideas that I've had have, have come from or come during that time. Mm. So yeah, the main challenge is is that work life balance and and for me finding coping mechanisms, whatever it is. Not everybody's a runner, not everybody enjoys sports, but just finding time for yourself. And one of the one of Kundal's biggest values is um, health and well being as well. So you know, looking after your health, person centered health, looking after your health, finding coping mechanisms to to deal with the stresses that comes with engineering, and taking time for yourself and your family. Brilliant. How long have you been running for? Five years. Five years. Yeah. And what what was your what was your most recent marathon time? My most recent marathon was London Marathon this year, twenty twenty one, and it was two hours forty six and some there seconds. You go. I don't know the exact seconds. If you start running now, you can st- you can uh, run a sub three hour marathon in five years time. It's <laughs> good advice for everybody that wants to be a runner. Yeah. Was there any moment where you just wanted to give up or you just thought engineering wasn't for you or management wasn't for you or you were fed up or I don't know? Was there any moment of that for you? There was. There's been many a times, even to this day, where I, I've had a stressful day. Things haven't gone right. Mistakes have happened. Everybody makes mistakes. Uh, mistakes happen and you just think to yourself, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this particular job is engineering for me. I question that quite a lot. But the thing with engineering is, or the thing that I find with engineering is it's not all about making the right choices all the time. It's about learning from the bad choices that you do make. As long as you don't make any serious any serious mistakes, we're trained as engineers to look at the facts, look at the figures, and to come up with an engineering judgment. So it's about making sure we've made the best, the best, most calculated method that we can to move forward. But at the same time, if we do make mistakes, we learn from it and we make sure we never, we never make that mistake again. So to answer your question directly, yes, I have thought that. But again, it's just perseverance. You take a bit of time out. Again, I find that work-life balance for me. Take some time out, spend it with my family, go for a run, take my dog for a walk, whatever it is, calm myself down. And then I can come back with a clear head and think, actually, this is why I do engineering. And it's those success points. Once you've come through all those bad bits, it's the bits where you're 
the, the project's finished. It looks really good. And, and for me, that's where I really go. Okay, that's why I'm in engineering. And one more question, if you don't mind. Um, do you have any innovative ideas that you've had, you came up with? And at the beginning, you said, no, that's not possible. But it ended up being possible and it was actually a big success. It's just because uh, sometimes you have an idea and you are just dismissing it and you say, no, this can't work. This is not going to work. This is not possible. But as you're thinking about it and it actually works and the more you think about it, the the more it sounds plausible. Yes, to, a, to some degree. Uh, I don't know how to answer this one. Yes, there certainly has been that in, in my career. Back when I was at university, I had a great idea to develop a product at the time, it was fairly new. Um, going back some years when I was at when I was at university, but at the time, it was it was a fairly new product. Uh, it was generating electricity from just a, a floor mat. Um, I know I know that's now been done. Um, it's, it's out there as a commercial product. In in hindsight, I probably should have took it, but at the time, it hadn't been done. So I was I was sat talking to my lecturer, and I said this was the idea, and he was he 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 initially said to me that's that's never been done that's going to be quite innovative to do that for your degree is going to be a very hard ask so i went away i did think about it and i decided just to stick with it i stuck with the idea i developed the product i developed a working prototype it took me a long time a lot of a lot of hours went into it but i did actually have a working prototype um so i'm glad i did and i've just had in the last six months a report published in the public domain as a result of that, even though it was done quite some time ago, I have just had a report published with my lecturer at university um, into the public domain all around all around that topic. Wow. That's great. What was it? Was it using the piezo, piezo electric effect? It was, exactly that, yeah. So what, when you stood on it, it produced... Electricity. It produced yeah. electricity. So, wow. so at the time, there was a, a small bit of research. It hadn't been done at the time. I mean, we were talking... 10, 15 years ago or so. So the, obviously they knew about the piezo effect, going off topic now, but they, they obviously knew about the piezo effect. Um, but nobody had really turned that into a commercial product. So between myself and the university, we did turn that into a commercial product. We probably, I, mean, I was talking to my lecturer about this the other day, we probably should have took that out onto the market back at the time, but we didn't. Yeah, it would have been really cool. Yeah, I remember, I think it was during my physics A level, we were talking about the the possibility of a T-shirt with some sort of piezo um, frontage to it. So when you were at a concert, it could charge your phone. Yeah. So like the 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 sound waves could generate enough force into the into the panel to, to uh, charge your phone, which would have been cool. But I don't. I I think that is is push probably pushing it. I was just thinking how loud the music would have to be to probably, to do it. You probably could get it to work, actually. Yeah, it's we'll, how we'll you'd mount it. it on a t-shirt. Yeah, we'll discuss it later. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know whether that's a, a real product or whether it was just a brainstorming session. I can't remember now. Dan. You mentioned um, how supportive your your granddad and your mum have been through your early early career years, but you did your masters, you've done your degree. Was there anyone else that supported you through that? There has been, yeah. My wife, my wife Laura, 
at the time when I first obviously when I first met her, I was at university. Um, in my first year at university, I met her during Freshers' Week. My wife supported me through pretty much the the core period of my engineering career. She helped me proofread assignments, all the assignments from from year one all the way through. Um, most importantly, she helped me proofread my dissertation. At, uh, for my first degree, so there was a six, six, seven thousand word report that she had to proofread all, all fairly late at night. Obviously, I, I handed it uh, the night before it had to be handed in, and she quickly proofread that. And then on to my master's degree, I was, I was working, I was doing my, my thesis, fifteen thousand words, and I gave it to her with about three days to go, and asked her to proofread it. Unfortunately, I didn't put her in the acknowledgements section, so. <laughs> But, well, uh, you are yeah, now. She, I am now. So, yeah, Addendum. She, 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 she was there. She's helped me every step of the way through my career. One of the one of the other things that my wife has also, or I've also put my wife through, Kundal asked me if I'd like to go to Singapore. I'd just moved house. I'd just moved into a flat on the Sunday. They asked me if I wanted to go to Singapore on the Wednesday. So I came home after after work that night. I spoke to I spoke to Laura, my wife, and said, "Okay, Singapore have asked me to go. I know the house is still in boxes, but how would you feel?" So she quite plainly said, "If it's if it's for your career, yeah, you need to do it. But the question is, when would you need to go? Because we do need to unpack." So well, Kundal asked me to go, and I'm probably going to be flying out in two or three days. But that didn't stop it. Off I went. She she supported me. I, I went off to Singapore for for a fair for a fair bit of time she had to unpack the flat i came back after being in singapore she unfortunately she couldn't come out and and see me in singapore she was studying herself at the time um and she'd unpacked she's that she'd actually created an office for me she'd she'd done all of these things so she'd been there to to support me knowing that when i got back i still had my master's degree that i was studying for on the evenings so she she made sure that i was all set up when i got back but also whilst i've been working late I've, I've I've had to let her down on on a number of occasions. We've had to go out for a meal, and I've had to work late just because there's been problems at work. And she's just understood. Um, occasionally, I've I've been out as with all jobs, um, client client networking. Uh, you go out networking, and you might have one or two too many beers. And I haven't I haven't you know I've I've missed the last train. And what do I do? Rather than get a taxi, I rang Laura my wife and she's come and picked me up and she's she's never once moaned she's just got on with it so I do need to say she's, she's been great throughout my whole career and she she really has supported and developed me through not only the bad stuff but she has been there when when things uh, the question was asked earlier has there been any bad points my wife has supported through those bad points as well so she's been she's been great pushing me forward she she knows it's always something I wanted to do so if I ever do feel like I want to leave engineering she just reminds me why I started so that's uh, that's that's really good for motivation. Brilliant. Thank you, Laura. What does Laura do? Laura's a nurse working in a the nurse. NHS. So a hero at home and at work. Fantastic. Yeah. What advice would you give to people who are thinking about engineering? Engineering is a great and really rewarding career. If you are thinking about engineering, the only advice I can give you is just do it. Just just get on with it. Go into engineering. It's great. You will not regret it. You might have times where you think, why have I done this? But honestly, you, will, you won't regret going into engineering. It's really rewarding. The biggest advice that I can, I can give is make sure you study hard. Make sure you get some work experience. And again, perseverance. Just keep trying. If you don't, if you don't succeed at the start, just keep trying. Because when you do succeed, it is really rewarding. So keep, 
keep going. Brilliant. Well, with that, I'd like to say thank you to to Dan for coming on the podcast. It's been fantastic hearing your stories and how you've got to where you've got to. Um, I, th- I feel like if we can take one thing away, it would be that perseverance is key. So, so thank you very much, Dan. Thank you, Beth. Thank, thank you, Alex. Dan. Thank you, Nicoletta. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Engineering Stories podcast. We hope it's given you some insight into another area of engineering. If you're still here at this point, we must be doing something right. So stay tuned for the next guest. And in the meantime, share this episode with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe.